Welcome in, everyone, to the first episode of the Bills Beat, where a starting quarterback is actually known, even though we've kind of known for a while where this thing was headed. Welcome, everyone, to another episode. My name is Joe Scali, as always, here with Matthew Fairburn of The Athletic. And the big news is that Nathan Peterman will be the man under center starting for the Bills against the Baltimore Ravens down in Baltimore. After that, who knows? But we've got the Peterman for one week. Your initial thoughts on the move? Yeah, like you said, I think from the way this thing was trending as of a couple of weeks ago and after that game against the Bengals, I think this this was the logical move to make. I think it doesn't tie them to starting Nathan Peterman for the entire season. It doesn't tie them to Nathan Peterman long-term, but what it does is buys them some time and gives them, I think, the guy who gives them the best chance to win under center right now. Mm-hmm. A few weeks from now, that could change. You know, the more Josh Allen develops, the more he gets ready, you know, the the better prepared he'll be, and it won't be long, I think, before he passes Nathan Peterman in that regard. But just from where he is right now, where Nathan Peterman is right now, I would say that, Peterman probably gives them the best chance to win and sets them up long-term better because it might not be in Josh Allen's best interest to be on the field during this gauntlet in the early part of the season the way the offensive line is playing. Yeah, plus uh, Nathan Peterman might get to actually exercise the demons of the Chargers because uh, they do, of course, have them week two in a much more controlled atmosphere in the uh, comfy confines of New Era Field, if you want to call it that. But... Yeah, I agree. And the one word that has been used all this time, well, really, uh, to describe him, and it's come up, it's basically the buzzword of Nathan Peterman at this point in time, steady. It's what Brandon Bean said about him, called him Steady Eddie. Uh, It's what what, uh, Sean McDermott described Nathan Peterman as, and that's what they're looking for here. They're coming into the the first week of the regular season, hoping to have someone that has a bit of a a calming influence. And Peterman, even though the first start of his career did not go well, as we all know, it's still, to them, looking like he has put that behind him and he's operating the offense comfortably. He's doing all of these different things that make them believe that he does give them the best chance to win and that he can get the ball out of his hand quickly and and not make the offensive line as much of an issue as maybe it would have been for Josh Allen, who really wasn't getting rid of the football in that third preseason game all that quickly. So the Bills went with the safe route here, and it's probably the right one for the time being. But let's not kid ourselves. We We can sit here and talk about Nathan Peterman and... We have in the past, but the Bills have gone out of their way to leave the door open for Josh Allen, and Sean McDermott did it today. Brandon Bean did it last week. I mean, it's something we discussed on the podcast last week, the the quote from Bean about you know, having done enough to warrant you know, the opportunity to start. That's still very much something you need to store in the back of your mind, especially if you're thinking, ah, they're just going to redshirt him. They're not. And Sean going out of his way today to say, Josh is on schedule. 
Oh, on schedule for what, Sean? Well, not not even just that, but also going farther than that and saying we expect him to be ready when his number is called, whenever that is, which right. implies it will be called. And it, the tone they're taking is not one of, you know, we, we've got to have patience with this kid and we've got to, you know, it, this is not a redshirt year. No. And I think they were open to it being a redshirt year when they went into training camp and the off season program. But I don't think that's how this played out. I think he did enough to show them that at some point they'll be ready to turn the keys over. And let's also not forget he's a play away from being in there. We all saw the offensive line against the Bengals and the rest of the preseason and training camp. We saw what it did to A.J. McCarron when he was behind it. So they're a play away from ushering in that new era with Josh Allen, and they know that and they're comfortable with it. It's why they traded A.J. McCarron for a fifth-round pick. Yeah, I think another reason why they probably traded A.J. for a a fifth-round pick was because the reps – I mean, if there was a third quarterback there, I mean, on paper, you, you get all of these different uh, elements to it where you you have a fifth-round pick for McCarron. But when it comes down to it, you just – you have to think that part of their thought process was, well, if AJ's here, what are we doing with Josh? Are we stunting his development at all? Because it it's clear – the way that they talk about him – it's clear that they they believe he's close. But are they doing themselves a disservice by having uh, by having all of those uh, by having those reps that could have went to Josh go to AJ? So I think that's that's part of this too. Allen is going to continue to develop in the background and be sure that the Bills are going to continue to try and do what they can in practice they're going to have him run scout team and he's going to get a ton of time there I would be uh, very hard pressed to believe that he doesn't get some time in practice to work with the actual offense at least some time just so he can grow a little bit into it and they're not they're not silly about it they they understand that he is their only backup and that he has to be prepared just as much as Nathan Peterman does so the fact that he is the only other guy receiving those reps, it leads me to believe that uh, that this is just a matter of them feeling fully comfortable with Josh and where he needs to go next in his development and to show more of a consistent approach to be a bit more steady, as they call Nathan Peterman. I think that's the only thing preventing him right now. And, you know, the fact that he gets scout team reps on top of that i think is somewhat valuable you know the fact that he's able to see the first team defense every day albeit not running the bills offense running the opponent's offense still i think helps him adjust to the speed and dealing with different looks that the bills defense is going to throw at him and eventually there one of two things is going to happen josh allen is going to perform so well that they feel like they have no choice but to turn it over or number two the season is going to get out of control in a bad way and they'll turn it over and let him learn 
you know, by by working through it on the field. So it almost feels like I mean, of course, the best case scenario would be that Peterman just holds him off all year and they play really well. And, you know, Nathan Peterman leads them to the playoffs. And all of a sudden you've got a, a, a guy that you can trade. You've got a Kirk Cousins guy on right. your roster. But I don't know that anybody expects that to happen with this group of wide receivers, with the offensive line they have in place. I, and the fact that Nathan Peterman's a fifth-round pick, history tells you odds of him becoming a top-tier quarterback aren't strong, which mm-hmm. is why they went out and drafted Josh Allen in the first place. So I think eventually you'll see them turn the page, but they made really the only choice that they could by going with the guy who won the job. And I think Sean McDermott, you know, for his credibility in the room, had to give the job to the guy who won it. And I think if you say he didn't win it, then I'm not sure exactly what you were watching because the only time Josh Allen was in with the first-team offense, yes, he didn't stand much of a chance uh, with that offensive line, but he didn't necessarily go out and, and steal the job, which I think part of that giving him that start was to prepare him for what it will be like when he does start, which is also another hint that they yeah, know right. <laughs> he will eventually start. And part of that was giving him a chance to go out and win the job. And they didn't make it easy on him with all the different offensive line pairings and everything else that went on in that game. But that was his chance, and he didn't necessarily you know, run away with it. Again, he'll, he'll get it again because mm-hmm. – you don't use that third preseason game, your dress rehearsal for your 2018 season to just see what you have in the rookie. It it was preparing him for what is to come, whether it's week five, week eight, week two, could be week one. If Nathan Peterman takes a a hit, uh, you know, the wrong way. So he, he has to be ready. and, And I think they're comfortable with the fact that he's one hit away from being in there. However, I would not expect this to be, a quick flip by Sean McDermott because he is very much a conservative decision maker that that decision to put Peterman in for Tyrod notwithstanding because I I know this is much different and the stakes are completely different but if you can liken it to anything last year when the season started they had John Miller starting that first game of the year he was bad like really bad weeks two three and four kept going by Every single week, it was the same kind of story. He was the glaring weakness along the offensive line. But it took McDermott four weeks for them to come to terms with it because I think he puts quite a bit of stock into the entire spring and summer worth of work. And for a guy to win a job over all that time, I I think he wants to provide ample opportunities for that player to continue to hold on to that job and and not just rush to judgment from one week to the next, which is both a good and a bad thing, I think. So if you can liken that to this whole situation, I mean, if Peterman comes out there and struggles against the Ravens, then people are going to already, I think fans will be like, what's the point of this? Why don't we just see Josh? But I wouldn't expect him to to do it all that quickly. I, I think he is he's gonna use this term about himself quite a bit, methodical. And he likes to think through things, probably to the point of overthinking things. 
So I don't expect Josh Allen, unless there's an injury, to be in there within the first two or three weeks. I think this is, Peterman is going to get his chance. This might be his last chance to hold on to a starting job. And I think McDermott wants to provide him that opportunity. I really do. Absolutely. I, I think that's going to be the biggest challenge, though, for Nathan Peterman is not looking over his shoulder and worrying about when you know they're going to pull the rug out from underneath him because everybody knows it's coming, probably including Nathan Peterman. And whether he admits it or not, is that eventually they're going to want to see the number seven overall pick. Mm-hmm. And Nathan Peterman's idol is his you know, what he's shooting for, really, because he's idolized Drew Brees growing up. And even Drew Brees, playing as well as he did, eventually got shipped out so that the Chargers could move on to Phillip Rivers because of what they had invested in him. So I think when you look at it that way, Nathan Peterman is is kind of playing on borrowed time a little bit. I do think they'll be patient with him, but only to, to an extent. And the spotlight will be on him and the pressure of playing in front of a number seven overall pick is is real. The, the margin of error isn't, you know, it's, it's razor thin. So totally right. I think to, it's going to be another test for Peterman and he handled the quarterback competition very well, both on and off the field, I thought, and maybe he's equipped to handle this equally as well, but it's not an easy spot to be in even though you've won the job because it's the cliche around the NFL that you never feel like you've really won your job and you're competing every week and yada, yada, yada. But I think there's a huge difference at that position when there's just so much made about what a team has invested, what they're willing to, you know, put up with before they move on and, and are, you know, willing to hand the keys over to their young guy. It's never a secret who the team has their future pinned mm-hmm. to. And in this case, it's clearly Josh Allen. So Peterman, he doesn't have it easy here. He really doesn't because the Ravens, the Chargers, the Vikings in the first three weeks, those are three really good defenses. And two of those games are on the road. And the other one, doesn't matter if it's on the road or not because that's the team that gave him a nightmare last year in mm-hmm. Los Angeles. So it's, it's going to be a, a, a tough first month here, I think. And if he can manage to navigate his way through it, all the credit to him, and that may help him hang on to this job longer than people expect. And to your point, being equipped to deal with this sort of thing, for him to go through what he went through with the, with the L.A. game and to come back and not have that totally mess with him, it shows he is probably equipped to deal with this thing because I think he knows He's hopeful that he can hang on to the starting job. But he's also not stupid. He's not naive. He understands what the Bills put into getting Josh Allen. He understands that the Bills basically reassembled things on their team to be able to go and get Josh Allen on their roster. They would have not been able to do that had it not been for the trading back with Kansas City. Had it not been for trading Cordy Glenn to the Bengals to move up 10 spots. And it wouldn't have been for the trade of Ronald Darby and 
all of these different little elements. I'm sorry, Sammy Watkins. It was the Sammy Watkins deal, I believe. Well, and, I, I can't remember. And Darby. I and Darby. It all plays into it. But they they moved all of these things out of the way with the idea of getting that quarterback. He wasn't named until late April, but that is everything that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have been working for. So Peterman knows. He's doing a good job of keeping himself in check, though. And maybe he's got the mentality to take this thing and run with it for a little while. But at the end of the day, Nathan Peterman isn't keeping Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott employed. It's Josh. I mean, he could, but there's also a major strike against Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott if Nathan Peterman does hold Josh Allen off. Depends how he does it. Yeah. If he does it in the fashion that Drew Brees did it with Phillip Rivers, then all of a sudden... That's great job security. Yeah, you've got two quarterbacks. You could trade one. You could get more picks. I mean, it, that helps. Yeah, but that's but as the Peterman Drew Brees. It's far fetched. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but Drew Brees wasn't Drew Brees until he was. He wasn't very good, and then he was. So, not saying it'll happen. Not saying there's any evidence to suggest that it will happen. But he could be the guy to keep their job security mm. safe. He could be, you know, the guy that that does that. That's. One, within the range of outcomes here, but really the guy that they're invested in, and like it, you know, that Drew Brees situation is a great example because he was one of the better quarterbacks in the league in San Diego, and they still got rid of him mm-hmm. because they had picked Philip Rivers, a risky move in a lot of ways because you know you don't know what Philip Rivers is at the time. I mean, even you know, some veteran quarterbacks that have been pushed out just because you're ready to go to the rookie that you invested in. That's what happens in the NFL. Maybe more than likely it's going to happen in 2018. And if it doesn't, then that means Peterman really played well, because I, th- I think this was a close competition and maybe some better blocking in that Cincinnati game. And this thing goes a different way. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is they didn't have they didn't have enough to go on to name Josh Allen the starter. He had played well against the third team. He had a nice night in Cleveland against mostly the second team defense uh, for the Browns. There was nothing to go on to give him the job, but the minute there is and the minute there's a reason to not trust the guy that's in there because – there really isn't a lot of evidence to suggest that Nathan Peterman is going to be a tremendous amount better than he was a year ago. Mm -hmm. We've got preseason games and training camp to go on, but there were still a lot of close calls on throws to the sidelines. Mm -hmm. You almost have to take those out of your playbook, I think, with Nathan Peterman. And they won't. And they won't. (laughs) I mean, Jalen Ramsey picked him off on that. The Chargers got him a couple times on that. So he had an okay half against the Colts before he got hurt and maybe he doesn't get enough credit for that game, but there's also not a whole lot to go on to say to, to say things the other way. I think he gets piled on a little bit too much by people outside. There were a lot of people assuming A.J. McCarron would win the job and that if Josh Allen was beat out by Nathan Peterman, he must have had a horrible camp, but that's not really what happened here. Mm-mm. A.J. McCarron wasn't good. Peterman was far better, and he edged out josh allen despite allen having a good camp but all that being said you know you're still looking at a guy who 
hasn't proven much of anything in the regular season. So we'll see what he has. But if it's if it looks anything like it did a year ago, those questions are going to be coming fast and furious about when when 17 gets in the lineup. Want to get back to the range of outcomes thing you said in just a moment. But before we do, let's get ahead to going with what we're working on. So what's new with you over at The Athletic? Yeah, at theathletic.com, we still teasing out the uh, the story from last week where, uh, well, I haven't published it yet, but uh, the uh, it, it pertains to Josh Allen and probably maybe the, the cautionary tales of, of not putting him in the lineup right away and why that could be good for the kid. Mm. Um, Talked to Vontae Davis today. He's still wrapped up in a, a bit of a competition maybe an unexpected competition for that outside cornerback spot. Yeah, it doesn't speak and, very highly of him. And, though. you know, it was interesting conversation with him. Uh, Tim Graham has a couple good gets today. Uh, one should be up maybe even by the time this podcast is posted um, that I think, you know, people will enjoy. And we're going to have a lot of coverage this week, obviously, leading up to week one. Um, we've got beat writers for both teams there's a, a beat writer down in baltimore jeff zrebiek uh, i believe i'm pronouncing his name right um so we'll have tons of coverage throughout the week not just on the quarterbacks but everything surrounding this matchup and our labor day sale just is expiring i think soon but you can still get 40 percent off just by being a bills beat listener you go to theathletic.com slash bills beat and you get a year subscription for 40 percent off comes out to about 2.99 a month which is that's like what Joe B spends on one trip to Starbucks. Schmarbucks. <laughs> oh, Starbucks is not a sponsor of the And how, of the how dare you? How We're giving you? away a lot of free advertising. Yeah, you are. Courtyard by Marriott. Schmorchyard. Schmorchyard by Schmarriott. <laughs> how many times do we have to go over this? The official hotel of the Bills Beat Podcast. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and now we've got an official coffee. Wow. But go to theathletic.com slash Bills Beat, and you get 40% off. I can't tell you how many times... Uh, Somebody tweeted at us about the Bobe wake-up call. I still don't think he's listened to it. And I told him about it after the fact. He's like, why is everyone tweeting at me this morning? And I told him, and he's like, that's concerning that I didn't wake up either time. I'm like, you're telling me, buddy. I'm going to start giving away his phone number. <laughs> number by the number. The, uh, <laughs> when he's on the road, give away his hotel room number and, and where he's staying so so that the listeners can bombard him with with wake-up calls, Absolutely. because clearly he needs it. He needs it, yes. The more, the merrier. All right, and over at WKBW.com, much to the to what we're talking about today, about the door being wide open for Josh Allen, based on what both Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have said, I wrote a column on that. You can also see my full roster analysis when the 52-man roster came out a few days ago and why they made the decisions that they did and, and what went into it and, and specific roster battles, everything along those lines. So you can find that at wkbw.com right now. All right, back to the range of outcomes thing you talked about. I think it's I think it's a good question to ask with Nathan Peterman. And it's within the range of outcomes that he uh, holds off Josh Allen, but... If you had to give a number out of a hundred, how many how many times do you think Nathan Peterman holds off Josh Allen for the entire season? Yeah, I'll say ten. Ten. 
give him, I'd give him a 10% chance. That's pretty high. It. It's fairly high, but you're talking about a conservative head coach sure. who loves this guy. Uh-huh. A guy who looks like he improved from year one to year two, and a fairly raw quarterback in Josh Allen. But 10% is not a large you know, shot at this thing. because, mm. And even that is maybe slightly lowered by just the possibility that he gets injured behind this offensive line. Because when the door is open... Now, I wouldn't say a Nathan Peterman injury would mean Josh Allen gets the keys and... Right, you know, gets to hit the freeway with the that. Jab. Would at least give them an excuse to put Peterman back in, and it, but it gives him a chance, another chance to show what he can do. But I still think there's that outside possibility. I do not expect that Josh Allen will sit on the the bench the entire season. Me Hence neither. Why I said probably a ninety percent chance <laughs> that he gets in at some point, but. Nathan Peterman has the job right now. He has the coach's heart, as we've discussed. Oh, yes. And Did you see the the uh, little shining star in his eye when he was talking about him this morning? When he talked about, you know, what it was like to tell him. Ooh. Had to have been a big, big moment. Sean, so, yeah, Sean had a big smile on his face. You know he did. There's there's a shot. You know, there's always, there's always a chance, you know, but I think it's a slim one. When you say 10 out of 100, it sounds like it's higher than it should be, but when you say 10 as opposed to 90 going right. the other way, 90% you're like... 90% chance. Oh, yeah, probably not. Yeah, I, And coming into this... I think it might be less than that, to A be lot honest. of people might have said that if I, you know, when Josh Allen was drafted, and... If I had said there's a 90% chance he sees the field in 2018, some people might have said, I don't know, that seems a little bit high. I think there's a chance they would redshirt him. They're not going to do that. I don't think you get that luxury in the NFL these days. And we've discussed the importance of at least getting eyes on him heading into that first offseason to know, A, what he needs to work on, and B, what you need to do to the roster to help accentuate his strengths and hide his weaknesses. So, that's why I think eventually he'll get on the field. I don't think this is going to be an Aaron Rodgers, you know, Carson Palmer situation where you get to sit and learn. Or the bad example, the Paxton Lynch situation. Right. With Trevor well, Simeon. Yeah, that where you just don't earn it. Right. And now he's out looking for work. So I think he'll get on the field. But, you know, you know people have counted out the Peter Man before, and here he is, to his credit, as the week one starter. He's back from the dead. The Peter Man. Essentially. The Peter Man can. I look. Allen's gonna get on the field this year. It's happening. It really is. The We know we have a pretty good idea of what Nathan Peterman is. And Nathan Peterman, to me, screams average player that can get you some starts. But Nine times out of ten, you'd like him to be your backup instead of your starter. Which is why it's probably a good thing for him to get this experience. Because it's clear their head coach believes strongly in him. It's clear the GM believes in him to a certain degree as well. So for him to get this time and then shift into more of a backup role once Josh Allen does indeed take the field, then that's that's the best thing for all parties. But we can't sit here and kid ourselves that Allen is 
not at some point going to get on the field this year. I think the sweet spot, and I've said this a few times, I think the sweet spot is around mid-October when they're about six games into the season. It just seems like that would be the time that Peterman would probably wear out his welcome. It's right around the time that uh, that five games in seven weeks that are on the road gauntlet will be done because if Allen's got a bunch of home games to work with down the stretch of the season, that could be the best thing for him. And I loved your point about finding out what they need to both A, work on, and B, surround him with. I think that is a very underrated quality to all of this because we're all out here assuming that the Bills are going to draft a wide receiver or draft an offensive lineman, but what is more important to Josh Allen's development? Is it taking an offensive tackle that can help them infinitely? Is it taking an interior lineman at somewhere in, in rounds three or four? Is it what type of receiver are they looking for? Do they need a, a bigger catch radius guy or they do they need a smaller speed smaller, speedier guy to stretch the field to take advantage of that arm? It really all depends with what he shows while out on the field, and there's no real way to simulate simulate that in a practice setting. So it, it all plays into it, which is why everything, literally everything, still points to Josh Allen eventually getting on the field. Good for Nathan Peterman. He earned it. Don't want to take that away from him. But we all know where this thing is headed. And, well, and we talk it, it about, will end with number 17 being the starter eventually. We talk about the range of outcomes. And I mentioned, sure, within the range of outcomes is that this guy keeps the job all year, leads you to the playoffs, and now you've got a great trade chip. Also within that range of outcomes is that he looks really bad the first couple of weeks. And how bad would he need to look? I don't know, because it could, you know, yes, Sean McDermott is a conservative coach, and he does like Nathan Peterman quite a bit, but in an NFL season, starting 0-3, that's about it. Mm -hmm. You know, how many teams have come back from 0-3? There's some number out there. I'm sure it's small. Uh, You know, so if you go 0-3 and Peterman doesn't look good in the process, sometimes it doesn't matter how raw the quarterback is or what your situation is. You just have to turn the keys over and and let him ride. I mean, I've gone back to this before, but Blaine Gabbert sat behind Luke McCown. Man. Luke McCown. Do you work for ways to get Blaine Gabbert involved into this podcast? Most days. It is incredible. It's it's going to be on Buffalo Wins bingo card at some point. Yeah. (laughs) Fairburn bringing up uh, Blaine Gabbert on the Bills beat. And that should be the free space because it's (laughs) it's going to (laughs) You've, I, but, think, I think you've literally done it every time. I think this is a, he sat behind Luke McCown. Wow, for Christ's sake! Like <laughs> that guy stunk, and Blaine Gabbert sat behind him, so he clearly wasn't ready. And then two weeks into the season, they were like, "Wow, Luke McCown, he actually does stink." What do you know? And they threw Blaine Gabbert in anyways, and he was not prepared. But when you're sitting behind a guy who isn't very good, coaches can get you know a little anxious because. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to start 0-3 or 0-4 and then turn to their locker room and say, hey, we're going to – this really talented kid that we gave up, you know, essentially gave up Sammy Watkins and all these guys for, 
that guy that we mortgaged everything for, we're going to keep him on the bench and just continue to spiral out of control. Let the Peter Sean ride. McDermott's not really that kind of guy. As much as he likes Nathan Peterman, he very much is about competing in the here and now and, you know, very protective of his culture and such. And so losing a ton of games might, you know, especially early, and if they're ugly, that might be enough to to make him pull the trigger. I just, are we going to, I don't know that we're going to see another meltdown from Nathan Peterman. No, I, 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 I think, think he's been too even keel, steady, steady if you will, <laughs> to have that happen to him again. But, hey, I guess we'll see. Yes, we will. Um, wow, I'm just still thrown off by you working in Blaine Gabbert again. At this point, you really shouldn't be. How, how about this? How, how about uh, what? He'll be making a visit to New Era Field this week. I can't wait. Um, or not this week, this year, yeah. I should say. That would be a scoop if, if it was. If Blaine Gabbert some, he's, yeah. he has a team. If he so. became number three on the depth chart. And you would love life in that in that instance. I'm not sure I would. I've heard he's not a very nice guy. Yeah, it's that's okay. You, at least you could bring up have a real reason to bring him up on the podcast every <laughs> single time. Well, one thing I just thought of as you were going through that, and we're rounding towards the finish here. What if they wait, or what if it's a part of their thinking like, let's let's put Josh in when we're out of it and the wins and losses don't matter and the only thing that actually matters is his, is his development like like hey the pressure you still want to win every single week that he's in there but if, if we don't eh, not the end of the world because we're already off to a pretty bad start as it is and I think that's you know probably more than likely going to be the scenario here is that they lose and they don't have to be mathematically eliminated for that to be the case but you're talking mid-october mm-hmm. if they're you know a two-win team or a one-win team at that point then you're sitting there thinking well what, what are we doing here yeah you know are we really going to rip off 10 wins in a row and if we you know if we're going to do that is peterman going to give us a better chance to do that than josh allen maybe marginally but probably not so i think that's certainly something that could happen here is that they just wait. But part of me thinks if you're if you're really trying to see what this kid has, you give him a chance when it does kind of count. Mm-hmm. I mean, you threw Nathan Peterman, a fifth-round pick, in, in place of Tyrod Taylor, who was <laughs> a perfectly average starting quarterback for you in the middle of a playoff race in a road game against the Chargers. So if you're willing to do that, I see no reason why you wouldn't say, you know what, we're heading out to Lambeau Field. We're 0-3. The, the offenses look terrible. Let's turn it over and see if we can get a spark. I guess that's a fair point. It's a slightly different situation sure. because there's a lot more riding on Josh Allen's development, mm-hmm. and they'll probably be very careful about each step that they take, but they've done it before, throwing a guy into a not necessary. I mean, hey, that game against the Bengals, they shuffled the offensive line around to the point where it almost made Josh Allen's life more difficult than it needed to be in that first start. So why not? I mean, eventually he's going to have to play games that matter. Yep, that's and totally right. If he's the guy you think he is, it shouldn't matter that, you know, the pressure's higher or the, the timing isn't perfect because 
if he's the type of guy you think he is, he'll handle it. It's uh, the way that they play this will be quite enticing to watch as we kind of go along here. Also, shout out to our buddy Tim Graham for leading off today's press conference with a joke about the new punter. And then <laughs> the rest of the press conference rolled with it for like two more questions. I couldn't believe it. Well, it was funny because Sean McDermott started about six minutes early today. He was ready. So I walked in at 11.25 and I'm getting into my seat and I hear that Sean McDermott is talking about the punter and I'm like, did this press <laughs> conference start at 11? Because why is he talking about the punter? Yeah, I mean, Tim, how much did I miss here? Tim just rattled off. So, you got a new punter. <laughs> it, was, it was brilliant. Loved, loved every second of I'm it. I'm sure Sean was not prepared for oh, that yeah. to be the first question. Yeah. But he handled it. He handled it. He was a little shaky. He's like, whoa, this isn't, yeah. this isn't what I expected. But he did it. All right. So that's going to do it for us on this episode of The Bills Beat. We will be back on Thursday for our first preview pod of the regular season. And, uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll be that much closer to the Bills' first regular season game of 2018. We are here. It is September. Fall is probably on the way. Get, uh, get a little excited here. This is uh, we, We've reached what we've all been working towards and where these things that we've been talking about for months on end actually mattering. All right, so for Matthew Fairburn of The Athletic, my name is Joe Biscaglia. Thank you all for listening, however you do it, and we will talk to you on Thursday. Talk to you then.